Welcome to the 10 Loans a Month podcast, where mortgage brokers become business owners. And now, your host, Scott Peckford. Let's jump into this episode on the theory of constraints. And so it's from this great book called The Goal by Eli Goldratt. And it's one of the few books that Jeff Bezos requires his executives to read, at least according to when I was researching this. And this book is old. It's like from the 80s. And it's in a story format. So it's not like a business book you're kind of expecting. And it's a story about a plant manager whose plant is going to be shut down unless he can make it profitable in the next three months. And he's got this sort of weight hanging over his head. And so he has this friend who kind of consults him a little bit. And throughout the book, he basically identifies that there's this concept called the theory of constraints. And it's a methodology for identifying the most important limiting factor, the constraint that stands in the way of achieving a goal and then systematically improving that constraint until it's no longer a limiting factor. Another way to say that would be it's like the bottleneck. So where is the bottleneck in the business? And so if you think about a factory, I'm going to explain this in factory terms first just so you get the concept, and then I'm going to move into your mortgage business. So just so that you can wrap your head around what I'm talking about. So if you think about a factory, and let's say you've got five machines that are all in a row, and machine one does, you know, part one of the process, and machine two does part two and part three, that factory can only produce as fast as the slowest machine, right? Kind of makes sense, but we sort of forget this. So if you have one machine, so let's say machine one is pretty good, machine two, machine three is critical, but it's slower than the other machines. So once you identify in your process, and this is true for not just factories, but in you know your loan process and your business where that slowest machine is now you're like okay now i've identified it i've got to tackle this and so in the book they talk about there's this one machine that is the slowest machine and so a couple things that they do to fix that first is they realize okay if this machine goes down it's not an hour lost for that machine it's an hour loss for the entire factory like it's literally if another machine goes down that's got more capacity it's kind of fine because it's not going to interfere with the final output and if you think about it like a pipe and you know the narrowest part of a pipe is as fast as the flow can go well that factory can only produce as fast as that slowest machine so the first thing they said was okay there could be no breaks in this machine we got to have overlap so this machine never shuts off because if it shuts off the whole factory is really shut down so that was the first thing they did the second thing that they did that we were like okay we need to make sure that this machine is only working on high quality parts like so if we're not paying attention and the parts go through that machine and they come out the other side and they're faulty we got to chuck it and it was a waste so they put quality control in front of that machine so first thing was okay never let it shut down no breaks second thing was we got to put quality control in front of that machine to ensure it's only working on the best possible parts that was the second thing and the third thing that they did was like okay that's helping for sure and then they said look we have an old machine that could do this it doesn't do it at the same you know output but if we put that machine into play as well we'll be able to significantly increase our output because we can have two machines working on this so they did that as well and then another thing that they did was they once they've identified this said look most time when you think about a factory you want everybody working all the time right but the problem was and especially in a factory is that if the machines in front of it were increasing their output or going flat out all the time they would have inventory sitting all over the shop floor they'd have cash set up in inventory it doesn't matter if these other machines are working all the time it's actually irrelevant the most important thing is the slowest point is working all the time so they expanded it and then what ends up happening is is in the book you know if you haven't read it i recommend you go read it but the constraint then moves so as you start to expand a constraint so once you identify it and you start really working leveraging to try to make that bigger it's going to move it's either going to pop up somewhere else in the factory so another machine that's like oh crap we got another area we need to fix totally fine now you go over and you repeat the process on that 
Or in their case, they ended up, the constraint actually moved outside the factory. The problem was now the market. They were like, we can actually produce more than we have sales for. So now they had to go out and find more customers, right? And so I literally devoured this book when I found it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then I took it to our team and our brokerage. I'm like, okay, here's the constraint. Let's tackle this together. And we went through a process of looking into it. And the cool part about doing it as a team, especially if you have a team or a friend to help you with this, is that they're going to see things you don't see. And so they helped me see some things. And so we're in the process of expanding that constraint, knowing full well that when that thing gets expanded fully, it's going to move. And that's totally fine. And we'll go then and tackle the next one. So in your mortgage business, if you think about it, like if your process is like a factory, so there's a couple of different ways that I've, you know, thought about this. So you think about leads that come in, that create applications that create approvals that create closing. So that's kind of like a factory, right? They come in, you got to get the leads and then you got to get apps. And then after the apps, you've got to get them approved. And then you got to get obviously they've got to actually close. And so you know, I use this in our uh, academy. I was talking to our clients about this. We're doing a deep dive into this topic and just helping them figure out where their constraints were. And a couple of them that popped up. One, you know, if you have a lot of leads, but you don't have a ton of apps, that can identify for you. Maybe you, the quality of your leads is not that good, or maybe you're not converting them well. So then you got to be like, my constraint right now is I got to get better at converting, right? Or, you know, another constraint that came up right currently anyway, is because the underwriters that we work with, so the lenders that we send in files to, they're crazy busy, right? So they're insanely busy right now. And so the constraint is, is like, I could get more loans approved, but I just can't get answers back from my lender. So Dion, who's one of our coaches, when I was talking to him recently, he said that his whole goal every day is he just basically looks at his pipeline of deals. He reaches out to his underwriter and says, Hey, look, if you could give me back only three files today, these are the three that I need. And he's got full documents, like literally back to the whole quality control in front of the machine. If the constraint is, you know, the lender getting it to you, make sure there is no garbage in there. Like literally, he's like, this file is perfect so that they can jump into that file, check, 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 approve, send it to them. They're going to be like, okay, no problem. When Dion reaches out to me, I'm happy to look at his files because they're so tight. So what Dion was doing was making sure that when he was reaching out to those underwriters and asking to look at it, there was nothing that they were going to need. So they could decision it quickly and then move on to the next one, right? So that was a way that he figured out where that constraint was. And then another area I was talking to another one of our clients, Tanya, and she was saying, you know, her constraint right now is she felt like she had these systems that she wants to put in place. So she's got leads and stuff. She's kind of busy, but like she knows that for her in order to kind of level up, she needs to improve some of these systems that run underneath her business. And she's like, I got all this stuff. I just, it's taken me forever to put together. And so we started having a discussion about it. I'm like, well, why do you have to build it? Like, you know what you want, right? Yeah, yeah, I know what I want the system to do. I'm like, well, wouldn't it make sense if you already have a time crunch to just pay somebody to do it for you? Because I'm like, if you got this fixed tomorrow, what would that do to your business? She's like, oh my gosh, it'd be amazing. It would yada, yada, yada. I'm like, well, then just pay somebody to do it for you, get them to set it up. And now you just increase your capacity. She's like, oh my gosh, you're totally right. And so that's like getting another machine, right? So like, if you think back to the factory, you've got the one machine that's only got so much output, Tanya needed a second machine, but she didn't need to install it. She could have just get somebody else to come in and be like, set that up for me. Yes, you write a small check for it. But at the end of the day, if it significantly increases your capacity, it's going to more than pay for itself. So I want to just give you a quick sort of thinking process that you can apply this. So the key here is with your business, whatever's going on, look at identify what the constraint is. So say, okay, where's my bottleneck? What is the thing that's slowing everything down? And then focus all of your energy on eliminating that constraint, that bottleneck, you got to expand it. And so think about bringing in team members to help you, you know, get outside input. Can you automate just go after that like crazy and start to try to expand it. But be aware that when that expands, it's going to move, you're going to have to go somewhere else, which is totally fine. But it is so powerful. I can imagine if for the next 10 years, you're in business of every quarter, 
all you did was focus on what is the number one constraint for my business this quarter, and I'm going to tackle that like a rabid dog, your business would explode. I'm absolutely convinced of it. And so this is why I'm excited about this as a tool, because this is what I'm now applying to my business. I'm like, okay, I've got to use this all the time. So now any business that I'm involved in, this is a tool that I use to help me figure out what the constraint is. We tackle that thing. We'll be relentless with it until we can expand it and then figure out where the next one pops up. So in terms of like, you know, identify three things there. So identify the constraint, eliminate it, and then repeat. That's it. So figure out what it is, identify, eliminate, and repeat. And if you go into the book, it's like, I'm trying to do this in 10, 12 minutes, read the book. It's so fantastic, honestly. And then apply this concept to your business. And if you do, I'd love to hear back from you, you know, like shoot me an email, say, Hey, Scott, I found this was my constraint is, and I'd love to hear from some of you on the areas that you think are the constraint in your business. And that would be fantastic. Anyways, thanks again for checking out this episode. I love getting to do these. And thanks again to Finmo for sponsoring us and letting us do this for you guys. And if you're interested, so we've got a 10 loans a month academy where we have a bunch of really cool coaches that all have a different set of superpowers to help you expand those different constraints that you have in your business. So you can go to 10 loans a month.com and we periodically open up doors and seats to that because again, these are all active mortgage brokers are very busy. And so we have a limited space. But if you're interested, go to 10 loans a month.com and get on the wait list and check out what we're up to. Thanks so much. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.